Locked in a Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Again, this is the Ticket Water Cooler here, brought to you by Colgan of Lincoln. We are live today from the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese at 84th and have luck until 6 o'clock tonight. So come on down, come out here. Today's special is buy one, get one free on bags of biltong. Uh, biltong is a delicious type of jerky, low on fat and sugar, but is extremely tender. So I hope we, I think we're going to get some tasty, you know, some taste tests there. So I'm pretty excited. Making me jealous, Bach. I'll tell you oh, that much. I know. Yeah, get some protein. Well, you, you can just stop by after the show. Um, <laughs> come by and check out their incredible variety of meats with all types of cuts, plus there's some seafood as well. So come on down to the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. We are pleased at this time to be joined by Mike McDaniel of Sports Illustrated. Mike, thanks for joining us today. Do we have him? Is he there? Mike? Mike, can you hear us? Mike, 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 Mike. What was that Mike. commercial? Uh, I've got the phone up, <laughs> Baca. Do I have the right buttons on? Got phone uh, potted up? Yeah, I believe so. Right. Maybe is there somebody else in there? Maybe give him another call back. <laughs> it could be a poor connection or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we will. We will be efforting Mike McDaniel of Sports Illustrated. So uh, still, uh, you know, we're excited to talk about him. He, he covers uh, college sports mainly for Sports Illustrated, kind of breaking news guys. So uh, I did want to get an idea on what the big. I mean, there's a lot to discuss in the Big Ten, not just the Hoiberg stuff. But uh, um, so we'll continue to effort him. We do have Jake Sorensen here as well. Yeah. Look at this. Oh, there's hey, Jake. What's up, guys? That's how it works. I'm just chilling over here. We're just making sure this is this is not Miami Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel. This is uh, we're trying to get the other Mike McDaniel. That's right. On board. Yeah, yeah. Is, I'm sorry. Sure, are we sure he doesn't work for both? He's not an S side writer and a Dolphins head coach. Mike, can you hear surprise us? Surprise me because that guy's a, a bit strange. Any chance? Any new chance of Mike? No, I still can't yeah, get Mike on there. We're, we're still working on him. How do you feel about the Mike McDaniel hire, by the way, while we're on it? Uh, yeah, well, while we're there, yeah. uh, well, he's a weirdo. There's no he doubt about that. Um, they, I, I, I just don't understand the way he uh, – how he can get a team, like, riled up and pumped to go. You know, Brian Flores, previous coach, was an alpha. That dude went to battle every day. He – Battled ownership, said this is what yeah. it's going to be. I'm, a, I'm not doing what you want me to do. I'm going to do this. And Mike McDaniel is like, again, it's, it's kind of like the similarity to Bo versus Mike Riley. You know, you want to think the complete opposite. A guy that's yeah. kind of a yes man. He's, he's kind of a weird dude. He's kind of a hipster, so to say. Yeah. I think Riley was a hipster. Mike Daniels is kind of a hipster. So can you get a, a team jacked up and ready to play? Um, I don't know. I, so I, I tell you that I don't believe in any coach they ever hire there. <laughs> yeah, for that, for what it's worth. I wanted Jim Harbaugh, but uh, but Jim Harbaugh stayed with Michigan. So yeah, Mike, it is. can you hear us now? Yeah, I gotcha. Hey, look All at right, that! There he is. Mike McDaniel of Sports Illustrated. Uh, great to catch up with you, Mike. Um, I, I did want to – well, we should first of all ask you. We have a Dolphins fan that we just talked to here. Um, and that and so I, I want to ask you how often since Mike McDaniel has been hired by the Dolphins, do you hear that joke every day? Is it every other day? I, I would say the first couple of weeks it was every day. Now it's pretty much every appearance I do on live radio. They ask yeah, me if I do yeah. like a uh, – uh, a show in another market, like with, I mean, I Nathan and I go back a little bit, but if I do a show in another market, they'll they'll generally ask me. So yeah, I've heard it a few times. 
Yeah, I figured as much. I, I, my, my name, my first name's Jake, so I get the Jake from State Farm khakis joke just about. <laughs> you kind of sound like a bug. I uh, never thought about that. <laughs> just about every time anybody figures out my name. So, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean that's kind of stuff we all have to live with. But uh, in any case, Mike Daniel of Sports Illustrated, um, we want to get your initial thoughts on the Fred Ho- on, on Fred Hoiberg coming back. They just decided last night, um, or at least just announced by Trev Alberts, the, the Nebraska athletic director, to keep Fred Hoiberg around. Um, we kind of want to get an outside opinion on that because obviously Fred Hoiberg has uh, is a name that is kind of nationally known and has has gotten respect, but it's been a struggle here at Nebraska. Do you think regardless of how much of a struggle it is, you know, being so close to the program that, that we've watched it, um, he's worth giving a little bit of an extra leash to, to see if, it can, if he can find some success here in Lincoln. So my, my initial take on it was that, first of all, I wasn't too surprised, let me say that, because Trev Alberts as an athletic director, you know, we've already seen it with Scott Frost, and now we've seen it uh, here with Hoiberg. He likes to stick with his guys, right? Um, he, he likes to, you know, give him a little bit of a longer leash. I mean, everybody in the country, especially with how September and October went, you know, this past fall for Nebraska football, a lot of people were calling for Scott Frost to lose his job. Trev Albert sticks with Scott Frost, says, all right, we'll restructure your contract. You come back, you know, we'll try to run this thing back and, and try to improve. Same thing with Fred Hoiberg now. He's saying, okay, Fred, I know you're 2163 at Nebraska. I know you're 6 and 47 in Big Ten play over your three seasons, but, you know, let's restructure the contract. We like your vision overall. Let's see if we can improve going into year four. So I wasn't totally surprised by the move. Now, do I think it's the right move? I'm not sure, right? Now, now Hoiberg obviously had a really good track record at Iowa State. He made the jump to the NBA, mixed results in the league, right? And then he comes back to Nebraska and comes back to a college game at Nebraska and it just hasn't panned out. And, you know, I, I think that Hoiberg is a good coach. I don't think there's any disputing that. I'm just wondering whether or not Nebraska is, is fit to be the basketball program that Iowa State was, right? Now, look, with Nebraska basketball, you're playing in a very competitive conference in the Big Ten. The Big 12 is competitive, too, but Iowa State had a, had a track record of being competitive before Hoiberg got there. You know, Tim Miles was a fine coach for Nebraska for his, you know, six or seven seasons that he was there. But Hoiberg steps in. It's not an impossible situation that he's stepping into. It's, it's a fine situation. You know, Miles didn't, you know, leave the cupboard bare, so to speak. But Hoiberg comes in here, and, you know, the program has regressed. There's no question about it. So I don't know if it's the right move to keep him, but he does have a track record of success. So I think if you're kind of 50-50 on it and you're Trev Alberts, I can understand why he leaned in, leaned in and decided to keep him for one extra season. And one of the thoughts kind of going along with that is maybe that the, the kind of the, uh, I guess, philosophy me- needs to be changed. Iowa kind of runs a similar philosophy, but, you know, they, they've got a, 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 a program that's kind of been built there. You know, McCaffrey's been there for 11 years, whatever it's been now. Um, and, and he can switch it up based on his personnel to a degree. Um, but this kind of freestyle NBA, um, you know, type of philosophy do you think that that's going to work in the big 10 or do you think you kind of need to play the traditional um you know kind of throwback days of basketball where you kind of build around a big man and and and, and you know it, it just seems to be the, the way of the big 10 as of now and, and, and nebraska's having trouble getting it go with um, more of an nba style everybody shoot as many possessions as you can get yeah i mean look i mean his his philosophy worked at iowa state and it's not working at Nebraska. Now, 
you know, is he recruiting as well at Nebraska, right? I mean, I think that's, that's certainly up for debate. You know, does he have those athletes that he had, especially in the last couple seasons at Iowa State, where, you know, he, he took the Cyclones to a Sweet 16, and, you know, in his last year at Iowa State, they had a really good regular season, but then they were upset in the first round of the tournament. So the, the question is, okay, can, can he put that same sort of, you know, philosophy at Nebraska? And, you know, through three seasons, the answer's been no, right? So I, I tend to think that coaches who are as experienced and have had the track record that Hoiberg has had, you know, t- took Iowa State to the tournament four out of five years as head coach, you know, had a fine track record in the NBA, uh, certainly could have gone a lot worse for him. You know, I think even though he only hung around for a few years, I, I think if you're if you're Nebraska, you, you know, you kind of lean in with Hoiberg. You, you see if he's able to instill that philosophy in year four. But, you know, if I'm Trev Alberts, I'm looking at the situation and it's like, look, if you'll put together in year four, we, we got we to cut bait here and, and try to get this thing at least back to where it was under Tim Miles because, you know, Miles had some up and down years at Nebraska, but he didn't put together like seven win seasons. Nebraska was much more competitive in the Big Ten than they've been the last few years. So, I wouldn't hang on too long if I'm Trev Alberts if Hoiberg's not able to put it together in year four. Mike, that's kind of an interesting perspective because that's that's a lot of what we talk about is that this upcoming season you're going to have to see some type of turnaround. You're going to have to see some type of improvement. From from your outside perspective, when you look at the history of Nebraska basketball, the current state of the program, what do you think that kind of improvement is to say, okay, we're headed in the right direction. Nebraska basketball might not be competing for tournament games, and it might not be on the bubble, but they're showing enough improvement that we can say Hoiberg's our guy moving forward. Well, yeah, I mean, I think a pretty good barometer would be the last couple of years under Tim Miles. I mean, Nebraska was on the bubble for the big dance, and they played in the NIT. You know, Miles had them um, back in 2017. Miles had Nebraska win 22 games. They went 13-5. and five in the Big Ten. That was by far Tim Miles' best year at Nebraska. So if you're Hoiberg, you know, is that your ceiling, right? Is, is a 22-win season with, you know, 12 or 13 wins in conference play, like, is that your ceiling at Nebraska? The answer could be yes, but I think if you're a Nebraska fan, you look at this, you're like, we know the standard isn't seven wins, right? I mean, seven wins year one, seven wins year two, you know, five total conference wins in the first two seasons for, for Hoiberg. I mean, I mean, say what you want about Tim Miles, but, you know, the, the standard, the, the recent standard was set in that, you know, 15 to 18 win range where, you know, Nebraska is around a 500 team and, you know, overall, and, you know, maybe there are a couple wins underwater in conference play, but they're at least semi-competitive in the Big Ten. They're not totally embarrassing themselves. So the last few years, I mean, I don't know what the ceiling is, Nathan, but I, I think we know the last few years is unacceptable. Like, we know that this this is probably the floor. I, I'm not sure how it gets any worse than it's been the last three years. And I think you're right, 100% right. Like going into year four, there has to be some sort of improvement. And, and I'm talking like marked improvement, right? Like you've got to be, got to be winning 15, 16, 17 games. You know, you got to be putting yourself, you know, in, in the conversation where, okay, maybe this could be an NIT team in a year or two. And then from there, where can we take this program? But my whole thing is Miles did not leave the cupboard bare, and for Hoiberg to come in and only win seven games each of the last three seasons, and you know it, it might end up being eight or nine wins this year, but you know regardless, to win less than ten games in each year for his three seasons, we know that's unacceptable in Nebraska. 
Well, Nebraska's got an opportunity to, to get a win tonight. It's going to be difficult against Iowa. And that's where I, I wanted to take this conversation more of a, a Big Ten uh, type of, of, of deal here. Is, is Keegan Murray, do you think he has a chance at Big Ten Player of the Year? I mean, there, there's so many st- – I mean, it's a stacked conference with E.J. Liddell and Johnny Davis and Kofi Coburn and, and Jaden Ivey and all those guys. But Murray, I, I think, is leading the, the, the league in scoring. His team's just not quite at the top, and I think that's what might be holding him back. Do you think that the, the Big Ten Player of the Year is just going to have to go to whoever wins the conference, their best player? Yeah, I think so. I think it might. It's probably going to end up being Jaden Ivey or C.J. Liddell. I mean, I think you're around the money there. But Keegan Murray's been really good. He's averaging almost 24 points per game over eight rebounds, you know, shooting like 56, 57 percent from the floor. He's been outstanding for Iowa. I mean, he's a big reason why Iowa is where they are um, at this point in the season. Um, I, I think a lot of people looked at Iowa this year as a team that, you know, would, would probably take a step back, um, you know, considering – you know, what they lost and, and, you know, the, the players that they've had over the last few seasons, a lot of people thought that they'd take a step back, but Murray's been so good, man. And, and he's a big reason why, you know, Iowa is not only, you know, on the fringe of the top 25, but, you know, they're pretty safely in, in the field um, and, and should make the NCAA tournament. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's got it certainly has a case for big 10 player of the year, but, you know, Jaden Ivey's been so good for Purdue, and P- Purdue could certainly win. They're my pick to win the Big Ten. I, as good as Wisconsin's been, I, I still think Purdue's the team to beat in the Big Ten. Um, and then Ohio State, you know, they, last night was really impressive. I mean, to to beat Illinois and in that environment, right, to go on the road, and uh, for Branham to, to have 31 points and really take over that game in the second half and you know, add that secondary scoring punch to EJ Liddell. Um, it's just a really, it's a really solid Ohio State team. Um, and, you know, Holman's done a really good job with them since he's been there. And to go on the road and win that game against Illinois, against Kofi Coburn, and, and to go in that environment and win on the road is, is a huge win for Ohio State. And, you know, they've been a really competitive team all year. They've lost, certainly lost, you know, their fair share of close games. Um, but they're certainly a team, I think, in the Big Ten tournament that could be in the mix to, to win the conference. But, Purdue is still my pick. You know, Purdue's still my pick with Jaden Ivey. He's been outstanding. You know, Notre Dame basketball's biggest miss, in my opinion, on the recruiting trail in the last 15 years. His mom's the women's basketball coach at ND, and, he's, he, you know, he grew up and, and lived and played high school basketball in South Bend. I mean, that was an unbelievable miss on the recruiting trail by Mike Bray, and to see what he's blossomed into at Purdue, he's just a really impressive player, really fun to watch. Mike, let's look at this big picture that I know you just gave your Big Ten tournament predictions, but... Big picture, a Big Ten team hasn't won the, the tournament since 2000 with Michigan State. Looks like the Big Ten is probably going to have the most selections for the dance if everything holds as it does right now and Joe Lenardi's pick them, whatever. Whatever type of source you want to look at, the Big Ten will probably have the most selections. Is this the year that the Big Ten finally gets it done and wins a national championship? It's, God, it's so tough to say. I mean, they're certainly going to have the most fights at the Apple, right, when you consider – how many teams they're going to have in the tournament. Um, but when you consider kind of the elite of the elite in college basketball, I mean, I think Purdue is certainly one of those teams. I think Wisconsin certainly has a case to potentially be a two seed and Illinois is probably going to be a three or four seed. So, you know, you're going to have some of the top seeds in the tournament be coming out of the big 10, but you know, when, when you look at a team like, like Auburn with the star power with Jabari Smith, you look at Gonzaga, you want to talk about star power. I mean, this could be the year that Gonzaga finally gets it done with, you know, Holmgren and, and Timmy, and they've been really good. Their front court is, you know, probably the best front court in the country. 
uh, they, they just have a, a really impressive roster. You know, they, they found a way to almost improve their team, um, even while losing Jalen Suggs. But the question with Gonzaga is always, okay, when they get into the tournament and they face some tougher competition and some of the elite recruits in the country, can they compete for 40 minutes? And I, I think we saw against Baylor, you know, last year in the national championship, you know, what that answer was. But if you look at a team like Purdue, for example, you know, elite guard play, we talked about how good Ivy is. Purdue's a deep team. Um, they have really good coach. Matt Painter is an excellent coach. Um, I, I think if you're going to pick one team to potentially cut down the Nets to win it all or at least make a Final Four run, I think if you're looking at one team in the Big Ten, my pick's Purdue. Unfortunately, we're up against it, so we're going to have to let you go. But he's Mike McDaniel of Sports Illustrated. Mike, hopefully we can catch up with you before March Madness hits and, and kind of reset this conversation, see what you're thinking by then. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you guys having me on. All right, Mike. Appreciate you. Yeah, yep, Mike McDaniel you. of Sports Illustrated. Uh, we are again live out here. This is the Ticket Water Cooler. We're live from the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Very impressive. They've got like a whole campus out here, so you should make it out here at 84th in Havelock. Come by and check out their incredible variety of meats with all types of cuts. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we will. it's one of my favorite days. New numbers are out for, for more Huskers on the football team. We'll decide who made the right choices, who looks the best in their fresh new numbers. We'll talk about that next year on the Ticket Water Cooler on 93.7 The Ticket.